Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leapoff. Joining me, as always, from Calgary, Alberta, my friend, my co-host, Nick Martin. And Nick, we always start the show with our favorite underdogs, uh, but we're going to do things just a smidge differently this week. My favorite underdog on the slate is the Arizona Coyotes. That will be the quote-unquote official underdog. You can track those in the Action Network app. Uh, follow us at Line Change Podcast. Uh, the Coyotes are plus 290. In Florida against the Panthers, who are minus three fifty, the over under six and a half. This is simply a price pay, play, as it is as almost always when you're playing the Coyotes. They're near three to one. We know that this team already has punched up um, really well as a big dog this season. They're exceeding expectations, I think, across the board. No matter who you ask, I think people would say that the Coyotes are having a better season than they than anyone expected. Uh, Thirteen wins. Uh, 17 losses in regulation of five overtime losses uh, for 443 points percentage, which just generally is better than I think what people uh, thought they were a 65 and a half over under team coming into the year. They might still get there considering just how bad things get for these teams uh, when they sell off their best players at the trade deadline. But I just trust the Coyotes to always put forth an honest effort. Now, the Coyote, we're, we're going to couch a couple games together here because there's two other underdogs who are big who are big underdogs that I, I want to kind of group together. Cause I think that the situation is similar where it's the, the Florida Panthers should just not be minus three fifty against anybody in the NHL right now. Maybe the Blackhawks at home, maybe the Blackhawks at home. I should say, uh, maybe I should say they shouldn't be this big against the, the, the kind of second tier uh, from the bottom. I think you could put the Blackhawks and the ducks and the blue jackets in one tier. Um, the coyotes, I think, have earned the respect to be said they're a little bit better than those teams. Let's give them that. That said, you look at the Blue Jackets price, they're plus 190 against the Senators, minus 225, and the Canadians, plus 185 against the Predators, who are minus 215. And the, the uh, Canadians, Panthers, and Senators is why I want to group these teams together because I just don't think you can ever trust those three teams at these prices at all. Ottawa's, Ottawa's playing better than their record uh, suggests. Sure, they could score, sure, but they are a team full of mistakes and they're not a great defensive team. We know that the blue line is vulnerable. The Predators are bad. They're just not good. They're mediocre. And then the Florida Panthers, they're 10 points out of a playoff spot. There are definitely some, there's some positive regression that should come for this team, but at the same time, you can't trust them as a minus 350 favorite right now. So, the Coyotes are my underdog, but I do like the Blue Jackets and I like the Habs. And I'll turn it over to you for those three games. Okay, I'm going to rebuttal. I'm yeah. scared of yeah. the Panthers in this spot because, for one, if the Coyotes don't have Nick Schmaltz and Michelli, those two dominate for them. So, as much as they're relatively unknown, well, I shouldn't even say they're unknown. Everyone knows Schmaltz is unreal. So, that scares me. I think it's a similar spot for the Panthers to what we saw versus Montreal. I'm not coupling the Coyotes with the Montreal Canadiens, I respect that they've been way better than Montreal lately. It still kind of just scares me as a get right spot for Florida, where I don't see them dropping this game, whether to this point they've earned this price or not is debatable. 
Same thing with Montreal. That team scares me. I've never seen a team play as bad as they did versus Washington on Saturday. That was comical. <laughs> I have a couple good friends who happen to be Habs fans, and I was just roasting them throughout that game because it was an absolute gong show. It was a laugher. It looked like my Saturday morning accountants league. I sub it. Um, so I'm scared of the Canadians. Even, even versus a Nashville team we don't like. We know they're going to play more respectfully in this game. They're going to try to, you know, make it close and sort things out. But there's five rookie defensemen playing in that blue line right now, and it's showing. And I just think that is scary. And to talk about this tankathon that we are getting into, it's going to be pretty comical down the stretch. So the game that I used some numbers to get into was the Lightning Blackhawks game. So the Hawks are losing 78% of games thus far this season. Tampa... At their implied so at their price of minus three thirty in this game, that's an implied probability of seventy six percent they win the game. By that, I'd say you could actually make a very easy argument numbers wise that you could play Tampa at that. I never would. That's not how I play hockey. But if you wanted to use them as a parlay piece, I think the numbers actually support it because the Hawks seem likely to lose eighty percent of games this year, and now they're playing Tampa, so they're obviously more likely to lose to Tampa than a middle of the pack team. So. I think that's just something to note moving forward that this team could have, or this year we could have three historically bad teams right now. The ducks, Hawks and flyers are all on pace for around 45 points. That's going to be the lowest we've seen since Montreal got 55 last year. There's a 48 point team four years ago, and there was a 54 in 2015. And then looking at it from expected goals rates, Buffalo was the last team the year they uh, uh, McDavid was drafted to play to an expected goal is below 40% over the entire season. This year, we might have three. So analytically, these teams are actually that horrible as well. So I think these are all just interesting notes when you're talking about these massive underdogs. And this is a good slate to talk about it because I think it's one of those things. Yeah, there's a bunch and you never really, like you're never going to look at Tampa and think like, oh, I want to lay that money. And personally, I won't. Like when I do it, I either parlay parlay it with something or play the puck line. But I just think those are interesting notes that those teams are on track to be historically bad. Maybe they won't be priced accurately even when they're this huge of an underdog. But it's one of those things you're almost looking at it where like these can be priced like football games when it's like Kansas City versus a weak team. Like that's where we're getting to in this season, which is kind of unheard of in the NHL, especially if you keep in mind that some of these teams are traditionally we see the tanking teams drop off more as the season goes along. They're going to get rid of guys. So yeah, I, th- I think that's an interesting note to watch moving forward, and and on just interesting for this slate. So yeah. yeah, and kudos to the Hawks who are doing well for us so far. We said that people should play them to get the worst regular season record at four to one. They're on a great pace to do that. So they're four points behind in that race. That's like ten, being ten points behind in the playoff race because those teams never win. So yeah, yeah it's I thought uh... those were a couple. Nope. Yeah, it's, it's the Blue Jackets, the Hawks, uh, and the Ducks are, are those three teams. Um, this this race is is going to get tight, not because the Blackhawks and the Ducks and the Blue Jackets are going to win, but because I think teams like the Canadians, um, the Coyotes, the Flyers are going to start you know, losing more often than they even have through this point in the season. Because with the trade deadline looming, uh, these these teams will will get weaker as they start to trade off players. Um, so that kind of sums up those those games like i said the coyotes are my underdog i think the the they're a good price at plus 290 in florida i do like the blue jackets against the senators and the canadians against the predators but these are all plays against those other teams i think if you look at 
you know, yeah, the Canadians are getting the ice tilted against them big time since the beginning of the month, but the Predators aren't the type of team that's going to play anybody off that rank. They're they're at around 47.7% expected goals rate since um, December 1st. That's not great. Um, the Senators are below 50% expected goals rate. So they should be able to still, like these guys will, these teams will tilt the ice against teams like Columbus and, and Montreal, but it shouldn't be at a clip. They shouldn't be creating such a disparity in chances that that you can trust them at these prices. Um, so for, uh, it's a funny slate because of, of these big underdogs. There's a few others on here that we'll talk about now that we go over the big board. Uh, but I do like uh, Arizona, Columbus, and Montreal at these prices. Uh, let's start with th- this next section with the Canes and Rangers. Carolina extended its win streak to 100 games with a win over the Devils uh, in a shootout. Now they go to the Garden, take on the Rangers, who are doing what they did last year. They are winning games where they are 50-50. Maybe they don't deserve to win, depend, you know, looking at the scoring chance battles. Uh, since December 1st, the Rangers are 9-3-2 and uh, in 14 games. You look at their expected goals rate, it's hovering at 46%, 46.1%. That's just ahead of Arizona, behind teams like Nashville, Buffalo, Seattle, Ottawa. Their high danger chance rate is 44%. Uh, which is bottom 10 in the league, putting them behind Arizona, behind Seattle, Nashville, just ahead of teams like Vancouver uh, and St. Louis. So the Rangers just aren't tilting the ice enough to be confident that like that lightning's going to strike twice for this team. Like it did last year. And Carolina just owns the puck. Like they just own it. Um, so even with the, the, the finishing talent, edge distinctly going to the Rangers. You look at Carolina at five on five, 60.8% in terms of high danger chance rate and 61.1% expected goals rate since December. So this, this run is, is very well earned. Uh, I like Carolina here as a short favorite. Yeah. I like the Canes as well. Definitely. And I, I think you want to get on them early if you're going to get on Carolina here, because I think the, it makes sense that they're on this run. The bigger money is going to be on the Canes here. I just, I think if anything, the price should move towards minus one thirty Carolina. And yeah, they're playing so well right now. It's so hard to generate anything. Hopefully, Kachikov finally comes back for this game. It's been kind of a weird situation on that. Yeah. I know Ranta's dominating. I think that's both of them have just been a clear comment comment to how easy it is to play behind Carolina. Really, whatever goalie they've had in net for the last four years kills yeah. it. So or does at least decent. So I think at that point, it's kind of obvious that there's something going on with that team that makes it very easy to play goaltender for them because the quality of chances are just simply a lot easier than any other side. Kachikov is now the second favorite behind Matty Beniers in the Calder trophy race, which I think is pretty wide open now. Beniers has slowed down considerably. I think he still leads the the league in rookie points by one or two. Uh, but there's a bunch of names in there. So um, be sure to just you know keep an eye on there because I think people just assumed he was going to run away with it. It looked that way. And then around yeah. the beginning of December, he didn't. And I think our guy in Edmonton, Stuart Skinner, could be worth a, a sprinkle because I think they'll I think, uh, turn the keys over to him. sneaky one. Kochikov ran away with it so quick. Owen Power is a guy I'll yep. keep the price on. He is so good. That is a completely different Buffalo team when he actually plays. And I think it's just giving the point when people might realize like he that their their team is literally dr- completely different when he's in. And he already means so much time. He's playing at such a high level. So he's a guy that I'll, I'll be 
keeping an eye out if he kind of keeps this play, if he gains a little traction. I know the media has to notice and it doesn't right. seem like are entirely. Yeah, he's 25 to one and, and zero goals, but 12 assists in, in his like 30 plus games. But like you said, like he, any hot streak, what Coach Cub has kind of shown us in this race is any hot streak uh, is going to put you right to the front of the line. Like Kochikov gets hot for wins rookie of the month in December. He's the second favorite behind Beniers. Think about Logan Thompson. He started the season really well. He became the second favorite. So I, I I don't think, I think like player like Wyatt Johnson, who's got 11 goals, like if he gets hot or stays hot and gets to 20 goals, he's worth a bet. It's 20 to one right now. So um, just a race to keep in mind. Uh, we haven't really talked much about it. Speaking of power and the Sabres there, plus 140 in DC against your Washington Capitals. We're minus 165. The over-under is six and a half. I, I, w- I would play the Sabres here. I think it's a decent number. One thing I do want to say is I don't... Craig Anderson's been really good for Buffalo. Um, I don't expect them to continue to get the goaltending they've been getting out of Anderson and, and UPL. Uh, at, at some point, you'd expect it to, to kind of trend down and that, that will drag them because they're not really... As well as they've been playing in terms of results... They're not really driving play as well as you'd expect with a team that was was on the hot streak that they were on. So um, it is a little scary against Washington considering how well Washington is is pushing the puck in the right direction. Uh, but it, it would be Sabres or nothing because I do think that they still profile very well as, as an underdog. Yeah, I, I agree. Sabres are nothing here. And, and UPL too, like when he was getting lit up early this year, we talked about it, that he's not going to be a good pure fade candidate that people were too low on him and he's immediately started to prove that theory correct. So yeah, I think it's savers or nothing. They had a huge letdown versus Ottawa. I thought they were a good underdog in that game, mm-hmm. but the new year's day games did seem pretty wonky. I thought I had my worst day in a while on them. Um, and the performances just looked weird. Like it seemed like it was a, it was a, maybe a real narrative that some of the players had gone out and done something. I don't know. It just, it looked like the games were all kind of odd to me. But I've been loving what the Sabres are doing. That's the worst I'd seen them play in a while. Overall, they they consistently look deadly. And I think it's not that shocking that they have the league's best offense. So yeah, at these prices, I don't think you'd want to back the Capitals to win that game. Uh, the Blues, plus 190 in Toronto. Take on the Leafs, minus 225. The over-under here is six. Uh, St. Louis, you can't back them, even at this price, I don't think, with the injury. So I'll turn it over to you. Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasant go out long-term now. Uh, you just never know what the goaltending is going to be like. They don't drive play. Uh, the offense is not where it was last year. So, uh, like I said, I, I have some underdogs on the slate that I that I do like. St. Louis is not one of them. Yeah, I like the Leafs puck line here. You're looking at it like plus 100 for them to win the game. That For them to win this game by two actually seems like a pretty good bargain. When you look at their home record, their home results, and the way that St. Louis is playing. So I'll stick with the chalky angle on this one. And look for the Leafs to win by two or more. They're playing really sharp in all areas. Samsonov had a pretty shaky performance last time out versus St. Louis. And I'd kind of actually prefer to see Matt Murray go. And uh, I'll keep an eye on that situation. But St. Louis, they just managed the puck horribly. That Minnesota performance was a, that was a big game for them. Like playoff-wise, if they want to have any hope. And they kind of just got the doors blown right off them. And it just seems like they don't have the bodies right now to suppress chances by any means and Bennington does not bail them out when they don't do that and it seems like those nights where their offense is able to steal them games are um, starting to become less common and they're going to be even harder moving forward and yeah the injury situation is getting bad obviously 
O'Reilly hurts, Tarasenko hurts, and I think Tory Krug might hurt the most because of what he means to them, and they don't necessarily have anyone to kind of plug them in. It's that he plays effectively. So yeah, I'm I'm going to be looking to fade St. Louis moving forward, and I think tomorrow night is another good time to keep that rolling. Hi, uh, we we kind of touched on the the Bolts and Hawks here, uh, so we can skip over that one. We'll talk Kraken and, and Oilers next. Uh, Seattle with a uh, just a snuff. They snuffed out the Islanders on New Year's Day in a, in a very bad performance from the Islanders. Good performance in Seattle. Uh, they held the Islanders to under 20 shots on goal. Martin Jones has won 14, I think, of 20 starts this season, and he's got like an 886 save percentage. Just absolutely bizarre. Uh, the Kraken are plus 125 against the Oilers, minus 145 at home. Uh, the over-under, six and a half. Uh, Dreisaitl should be back for this game for the Oilers. Uh, this isn't a shock, but he definitely makes a pretty big difference. Um, I, I've got nothing here. I, I was a little interested in Edmonton. Uh, the price, though, is, I think, going to keep ticking up. Yeah, Monday's numbers, I'd play the Oilers, but they're going to be the... They'll be All the money will be on the Oilers, I think. So if it's minus 160 tomorrow, that wouldn't surprise me. So I think you can play Edmonton down to about minus 150, and I, if you listen to this, they're still around that, I would play them, but... At that point, I think it's it's time to stop. It's just it seems like it's gonna be such a tough battle for this Kraken team to shut down McDavid and Co. when they're in top form. Um, we saw how this game went Friday night. Yeah. It obviously was one of those it was one of those contests where every single thing went wrong for the Kraken. I'm not expecting something like that. It'll obviously be closer than that game was. But I still think at this point in the season, you can play the Oilers down to minus 150 in this spot and just live with it. Uh, the stars and Kings. Now let's talk about that one. We'll save a special one for last before we get to top shelf bets. Uh, stars are minus one twenty five on the road. The Kings plus one hundred five at home. Uh, the over under here is six. Uh, Dallas is a team that I th- I think of all the teams in the NHL, the Stars are probably um the team that I've been involved in their games the least. Uh, and I will continue to do that. I will just kind of stay away from this one. Yeah, I agree. I think the stars are starting to get a little overvalued, but like I've said, moving forward, there's the Kings are scaring me too. I don't find a Phoenix Copley. I'm waiting right. for the outings where he just gets lit up. So that kind of just makes me thinking past this one. But yeah, like I'm having people asking if I think the stars are a great cup future and that sort of thing. And I don't, they've had nothing go wrong. Everything that can possibly go right is just going right. And they're the perfect example to me of a team that is just likely to be somewhat overvalued. I'm seeing people thinking they're a sneaky cup pick and maybe because the West is so bad, but I still think like odds are around two, they're just getting a healthier Colorado and just getting smoked unless yep. Colorado happened to end up with the kind of injury situation they've had thus far. If you gave Dallas the injuries that Colorado had had, like this is an obvious point to make, but if you took away like the same level of players, this team is not even sniffing the playoffs. So like, I think once you factor in that Colorado should have most of those guys. So I think that's kind of my only note on Dallas. I think they're, going to trend down moving forward, especially if they ever have to play without any meaningful bodies. But yeah, this one, I, I think just passed for me. Yeah. I'd actually go the opposite way than um, from what, what the question is and say that, no, I actually think that Dallas is going to be a vulnerable favorite. Um, let's, you know, depending on who that wild card team is that they play, if they win the division or against Minnesota uh, in, in round one, I actually would, would probably say that the stars will be a team you'd want to, uh, go against in in a best of seven, um, but you know what? We're not even halfway through the NHL season yet. It's which is crazy to think about. It feels like 
uh, baseball a little bit right now. Uh, all right, let's close on this one before we get to top shelf bets. It's a beauty. The Islanders on the road, minus 115, road favorites against the Canucks, minus 105. The over under six. Uh, we were talking about this game earlier, and I was trying to explain to you that how scared I am with what the Islanders are dealing with right now in terms of injuries. And you talked about Colorado who have lost Nathan McKinnon at times and Gabriel Landeskog has been out this whole time. And yeah, they've just had a terrible injury luck. Um, And the Islanders injury luck has been pretty poor as well, but it's just, it's much more about the volume and what it does to the roster. Um, You know, because you, you look at players like Oliver Wallstrom, Kyle Palmieri and Simon Holmstrom, Adam Pellick is, is a needle mover, so we'll, we won't even put him in that same con- conversation. Uh, but what it's doing is it's putting Russ Johnston into regular a regular role. It's putting Hudson Fashing into a, a top six role and uh, kind of just messing with what the Islanders are have going for them as a team, which is just depth. Like They, they usually don't have any weak links in their lineup when they're healthy. Uh, they do right now, although I sh- should note that Hudson Fashing has been really good for them. Um if Palmieri plays, which could happen, I think the Islanders are probably the right side here. Um, I do also want to get confirmation that it's going to be Ilya Sorokin in goal because Simon Varlamov was taken off IR. They do have a back-to-back coming, and I think that Lane Lambert will just want to get Varlamov a game before that. We've had a similar situation with the two of them earlier in the year. Uh, the drop-off isn't significant. They'll still have the edge in goal, but uh, the number will come down. So I'd rather, I'd want to wait and get the better number on the Islanders in that case. Uh, is a point. So it's Islanders or nothing. Uh, and I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I'll go and talk about the Vancouver side since you kind of covered the Islanders side. Vancouver look so bad right now. It's hard to say they're fraudulent because they're not winning games at a high level right now. But I still think they're fraudulent because the way they're doing it, they're scoring on no one loses this many games when they're scoring. Like at the end of the day, so much just boils down to how many of your chances you're finishing, which is such a dull thing to say. But like, it's true that that really just makes such a difference in this game. Like it's so bounce orientated. You only get so many good looks a game when you happen to be finishing them at a high rate. Usually that means a really good record. It doesn't for Vancouver because they're allowing so much to the opposition. I think Saturday was another perfect example. That game shouldn't even been a sweat. It got to three, two versus the flames, which I thought was a little ridiculous, but overall it just seems so like so often that Vancouver is allowing a ton of high danger chances. Their game looks so sloppy. I hate when I'm on the wrong side in their games because usually it just means a really strong performance for Peterson and the offensive guys, which happens. But in general, I'm going to be fading them a lot moving forward because I think their game just really doesn't look sharp. And now there's a lot of negative storylines kind of surrounding the team. The JT Miller noise is getting really bad. Um, and I actually thought people exaggerated that whole post-banging thing a little <laughs> bit. That kind of seemed like the kind of thing you were like, I know it's a horrible look, but it's like heat at the moment. So anyways, with that aside, Miller's not producing. He's been horrible. There's been a lot of guys starting to struggle. Peterson's been unreal. So shout out to him. But I just think this is a bad team right now. And the Islanders are still kicking. So I think they'll find a way to get the points. But the the Islanders are playing their best hockey of the season, despite their record. In December, they posted a 6-6-2 record, uh, but they controlled... 55.6% 55.6% of the expected goals and 56.4% of the high danger chances at five on five. And they're doing this. They're, they're getting 500 hockey out of it. And despite going one for 30 on their last 30 power plays. So uh, they, they, they need to get wins. Obviously moral victories aren't 
going to help this team, but uh, they, they are playing better. I think than people might realize. Um, so they might have some, some value actually going forward. Uh, but they do need to get some, some of their depth players back before I feel better about their whole situation. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about our favorite bets. Top shelf bets for Tuesday, January the 3rd. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. The Calgary Flames are playing better. Uh, and they are the team near nearest to you physically. And uh, they'll be taking some of your money on Tuesday. They're going to be taking some of my money. They're nearest to me physically, but not dear to my heart. I think some of my friends would probably be surprised at how often I've been endorsing the Flames this year. But what they're starting to do looks really sharp. They're starting to control play at a really high rate. I know that maybe they actually boost their analytics a little bit with the shot-minded mindset where they are perhaps just going to finish the the year with a below average shooting percentage. But what they're doing looks really good. It looks a lot more like the kind of sweltering team play in a lot of areas that we saw last season. They're still likely to take a drop off, but I love their defensive core one through six or more specifically one through four. And I think they're going to have two really great top units this year, which is kind of more than you could say about the Jets. I know Josh Morrissey has been absolutely amazing, but I actually value Calgary more so moving forward, especially with the injuries to the Jets. So I think minus 120, minus 110s are out there today, whatever, either or I'm happy to play it down to minus 120. On the Flames is a good number. This is one where kind of the way the season's gone thus far, I think holds this number at where it is, but there's a lot of points maybe down the line where this actually could be minus 140, minus 145. So yeah, hopefully we'll fade an unreal performance from Connor Hellebuck, but Jacob Markstrom's trending into form too. And I think that levels uh, the goaltending edge that the Jets normally have quite a bit and that we can expect Calgary to control more of the play here, even on the road. And yeah, I like the flames to come out and, and keep it rolling. They've been hot lately and and the process looks legitimate. Yeah. I, I like Calgary too. I'll, I'll, I'll be on them. Uh, my favorite bet is Carolina. They're minus minus one twenty on the road at Madison square garden. It's hard to say that a team on an 11 game winning streak is undervalued, but it does seem like that's the case. When you look at uh, everything under the hood, the Rangers are not driving play well at five on five, despite getting results. They're at 46.1% expected goals rate since the beginning of December. They're 44% high danger chance uh, rate since the beginning of the month. You flip that on the other side and, and we want to talk about some, some negative regression coming They're plus four in terms of high danger uh, goals scored, despite, despite that percentage. And they're plus 11 goal differential at five on five, despite that, uh, pretty medi- mediocre to bad expected goals rate. So they are getting results the way they did last year. Uh, it's a team that we bet against a lot last year because of that, and it didn't work out well, so maybe it's just who they are. But uh, I'm willing to to take the bet with the Canes considering the way that they are just dominating teams at 5-on-5 five five right now. They went 13-0-1 in December, and those results were a fair reflection on what they what they put forward. 61.1% expected goals rate since the beginning of December, best mark in the NHL. 60.8% high danger chance rate. That's the third best mark uh, at five and five in the NHL. So th- this team is, is legitimate as long as they get the goaltending and the finishing. Uh, I think that they win this game more than these odds suggest, even on the road. So yeah. And, Car- Carolina for me. Yeah. And they've beaten some good teams. I'll jump in and throw that out there. Like they, yep. I know they beat Florida in a game. I, I liked Florida and they kind of smoked them too. Once when the Panthers yep. had all their guys back, um, they Pittsburgh, beat the Devils New Jersey, in a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. And to throw one last out there before we wrap, I think the Devils on Wednesday are going to be in a great spot to back them. I've watched all the Devils' recent games, and they're, I'm still seeing people just smoking them for saying, like, this is where that team was going and blah, blah, blah. 
and they just happen to be losing. But I think the play has still been really good. They came through for us in Pittsburgh on Friday, and I thought that was a really solid win. And then a tough loss and a shootout to Carolina, and you just made the case for how elite Carolina has been. And I think the Devils are they're going to trend up. I love them to have a huge month of January, and I think a spot in Detroit on Wednesday is going to be a really good time to to get on them. All right, uh, that does it for this episode of Line Change. We went with uh, the Coyotes as our favorite underdog, the Flames, and uh, Canes as our favorite bets. Uh, so good luck to those teams. Good luck to you, Nick. Good luck to everyone listening. We will see you on Wednesday night or Thursday morning for our next episode. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.